Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Wired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Sunday, September 17th. We're really excited to dive into today's episode about time management. We feel like this is an episode that really will just apply to everyone out there, especially you know those of you who are clients or even those who have worked with us in the past. You know that we're big on helping you create you know, a really routine schedule around your time and how you're allocating your time, but also understanding and having the skills necessary to be able to pivot, be able to be flexible enough to still get the job done, even when we can't stick with that exact routine. You know, having that flexibility is really everything when it comes to time management. You know, we we want to focus on those foundational principles of what do we need to get done? How can we allocate that across, you know, the days, the weeks, the time that we do have versus focusing so much on the time that we don't have. But before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash Bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the so-called healthy protein bars that you find on the market are in fact heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. And we know that if we consume too much of this processed food too often, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. And this is why we love the Nash Bars we never even have to think twice about the ingredients, and we know that our efforts in you know, living a healthy lifestyle and consuming healthy foods are compounding over time you know, with these bars as part of our routine. You know, we never even have to worry about any unnatural ingredients, any processed fillers, ingredients. They truly are the good-for-you protein bar. And so the next release of the Nash bars will take place on September 21st at 6 p.m., so make sure you guys are setting your reminders, setting your clocks, making sure you get... Um, you know, a box of bars to try because these things go so fast, literally within minutes when they do become available and when they do release. So just make sure you get ahead of that time and that date so you can get yourself a box of bars to try. So on to today's episode, master your time management. And so, you know, this concept really kind of hit me like in in my college career as an athlete, as a student athlete, you know, a lot of our schedule, you know, was comprised of school and football. You know, we didn't really have a whole lot of time in between, you know, to do a whole lot. You know, basically we had to schedule all of our practice or all of our classes in that 8 to 12 a.m. window. And then our practice block was around like 1 to 8 p.m. So we were basically doing like all of our school in the morning, all of our practice in the afternoon, evening, nighttime. Then we'd have to come home, do our homework. In the morning, we'd have lifts sometimes. So, you know, those windows extended, you know, beyond just those time parameters that I just described a lot of the, most of the time. And so we had a lot on our plate and there was just so many different demands. We had to even get like study table hours um, when we were younger, like when I first joined the team. And so I will never forget my first week, like on the Ohio State football team, I just was completely drowning. I was like, I didn't hit my study table hours. I was like rushing to make it even to football on time with classes like backing up really close to that 1 p.m. slot or yeah, that 1 p.m. slot. I was, you know, scrambling with class in the morning sometimes. And I always joked with my parents, there was a period of time where I almost did, didn't have a car. And I was like, I don't know how I literally would have gotten anywhere on time if I literally did not have a car. Um, so it was just like the most hectic time period. And I just remember that for, I will never forget that first week where it, actually seemed impossible. Like I was like, I truly don't even know after one week, how the hell I'm even going to sustain this lifestyle between class, between school, between work or uh, between football. Um, thank God I was not working on top of all of that at the time, but it was just a lot to balance. And 
you know, instead of sinking, you know, I just decided to adapt. I decided to work with it, try to find ways to become successful even amidst the chaos. And over time, over weeks, over months, um, and really within that first year, I really got better with my time management. It was by no means perfect in the beginning. It was horrendous. I was scrambling, running around, again, with the mindset that it was impossible. But the theme to remember is the fact that I just didn't stop. I didn't give up. You know, I didn't let it swallow me whole. I just really just took it one day, one week at a time. And even though I missed in that first week, I was determined to get better that next week. I was determined to, you know, find a way I could start to integrate little things that I was missing in that first week into that next week and just getting better with my time. And this is really where I learned this whole entire topic of time management for really the first time in my life where the demands were at, you know, an all-time high and I really just had to get smart with how I was spending my time and and how I was spending each hour throughout the day. And I think a very valuable lesson of this is we won't have time if we don't make time. So, you know, no matter how hectic our schedule is, no matter how many demands we're taking on, I think we all have the ability to just pull back for a second and audit. You know, a lot of times we are so wrapped up in the chaos and so wrapped up in everything going on that it's hard to even see clearly. It's hard to even see, okay, maybe I can flop, you know, this for that and make some time in my schedule for this other thing that I want to implement. You know, we have more time than we realize sometimes. It's just we are so caught up in the hustle and in the chaos that we can't even see it. So I really encourage, you know, any of you listening to just take that audit you know, pull back, whether it be, you know, on a Sunday before a new week hits or, you know, when things are at, you know, peak <laughs> chaos or like peak insanity, you know, use that as an opportunity to just hit pause and reflect, you know, how can I audit my day? How can I audit my week and, you know, pick and choose what, you know, tasks I'm doing, what activities I'm doing, you know, to better get my life to fit the outcome that I'm ultimately looking to achieve in these different areas of my life in general. And so, you know, I think that it's so underrated, you know, to have flexibility and ha- and be able to pivot. You know, there's a lot of people out there especially in like the personal development pace space that talk about routines, that talk about, you know, having structure and Chris and I are both, you know, huge fans of having routines in place, but I think an underrated aspect of this conversation is just the ability to be flexible. You know, for example, like I know Chris is very similar in this way. Like I want, I will not let the week finish without getting, you know, my four workouts in each week. And while most of the time I want those workouts to be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, naturally with the way we travel and the way, you know, certain weeks pan out, you know, I have to get creative where, you know, maybe I don't get them done on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, every week, but I know that out of those seven days of the week, I won't finish that week until I get those four workouts in. So understanding that, you know, we don't want to also use those routines as an excuse not to do something. I think that that's what happens a lot of times where, you know, we want to, we start to commit you know, to a certain schedule, whether it be three workouts per week, four workouts per week, you know, a Sunday as an opportunity to grocery shop or, you know, anything that you're trying to implement, don't use that as your crutch. You know, when, when shit hits the fan and you can't show up and maybe do that task on that day at that time, that's okay. Don't see it as all or nothing where, okay, I didn't have the time to do it in that window. Okay. It's not going to get done. You know, there's certain things we can pawn off or certain things we can push off, but we do want to have those non-negotiables in place when we look at the grand scheme of our day or our week where, you know, at the end of the day, it's getting done. 
you know, regardless of the routine we have established. And I think having systems in place, and we're going to talk through this throughout this podcast, but having systems in place and, and just ways that you know you can pivot and still get the job done at the end of the day. I think we recognize how strategic we are with our time management. Even this morning, we were walking with my mom. She was in town to visit. Making that time for family is super important to us, even though we are busy people. And whenever someone says like, oh, like this morning, my mom's like, I know you guys are so busy. Like, thanks for taking two, t- two weeks or two days out of your week to, you know, host me. Basically, it was her birthday week. And we were like, we will always make time for what's important to us. And I think that's something that you have to tell yourself when you don't feel like doing something, whether it's a workout or you don't feel like meal prepping. When you tell yourself you don't have time for something, you're essentially saying this isn't important enough for me to make the time in my schedule. The truth is we're only going to get busier and busier as our lives go on. We think we're very busy right now, but we don't have kids. You know, life just gets busier and busier. So something we have to be strategic about now is how you spend the time that you are given. And we were reading a book previously, like both of us were reading this at the same time. It's Stephen Bartlett's book. It's called Happy Sexy Millionaire, which is kind of a silly title, but it's all about like how he envisioned his life at a certain age. And he made this bucket list of things he would check off. And the very last chapter, like the whole book was, you know, had different themes, had different mindset shifts for especially like entrepreneurs. But something that I thought was really cool was at the very end, he tied it all up in a chapter about time management. And I want to share a couple of quotes with you guys that I think are really going to get home, hit home for you guys. If you are focusing on health and fitness, or you're focusing on personal growth in your career. I think this quote will really hit home for you guys. And the quote is changing what you spend your time on can indisputably change your life more than any other single behavior change. If you're able to protect your time a little bit better, you can become a little more intentional on how you place your chips on the roulette table of your life and develop more clarity on the things that hold the long-term intrinsic value to you. If you can do this, you'll never need to read another self-help book in your life. At the most fundamental level, this isn't the most important thing on your personal growth journey. It is the only thing. And the only thing is time management, like I said. So time is very free and it's also priceless. The person you are today is a consequence of who you used to be, like who you were last year. And the person you become in the future, let's say next year, is a consequence of how you spend your time in the present. So if you are in a really good place right now with your health and fitness, it's because of the time management and the habits and routines you've established in the past like year or two. And where you are in another year or two is dependent on how you spend your time right now. So make sure you are spending your time in a way that aligns with the person you want to be in the next year or two. And there is no better feeling than when you are someone who feels like, you know, I never have time for this or I never have time for that. And you do pull back, you take that audit and you realize where you may be falling short or how you can rearrange your schedule to get these things done in your routine and in your day to day. And there is no more empowering feeling than when you do this and then you follow through. You know, I just had a client actually reach out to me like over the weekend, he was telling me how he was able to get all of his workouts in. He was able to get all of his steps in. He was able to, you know, get his, um, you know, gratitude into his routine, you know, for the first time in a while. And, you know, this is someone who just, I could tell, you know, felt so good and just excited, you know, about this shift that he's made, you know, around such simple habits, but that, you know, really makes such a great impact over time. And so we want to give you guys specific time management tips that we've implemented into our routines that we help also our clients implement into their routines and just their lifestyle um, that really does help push that needle forward and also audit, you know, where can we maybe be a little bit better? What, what of these time management tips and of these strategies, you know, can you start to implement into your own life, you know, to fill the gap where you may be falling short. 
And so the first one is utilizing a productivity planner. This doesn't have to be anything super sexy. It doesn't have to be, you know, an expensive journal that you buy online. If, if you want to get something like that to help guide you, by all means, do it. There are a lot of helpful ones that Chris and I have found over the years um, that we can kind of plug into this episode as well in the show notes. But, you know, this could be something as simple as using like a notebook or even using like the notepad in your phone and writing down like the focuses for that day. Um, I know that this has been a big game changer for a lot of my clients where it's so easy to just let all of the different obligations and all the different things, you know, kind of blend together mentally that we have to get done. You know, sometimes it can feel, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this, like you have a hundred things to do in a given day and your mind is like bouncing off of each one. Like I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. And it's like all just blending together inside of your head. And it's hard to actually like separate what do I need to get done today? And, you know, we talk a lot and we're going to talk even later about, you know, glass balls, rubber balls are the most important tasks versus ones that can put, be like pushed off to a different day. Um, but I think that this is so important when it comes to utilizing this planner and just planning out the day in general, you know, think to yourself, what are the things that have absolutely have to get done today? What are the things that, you know, I want to get done today? What are the things I need to get done today? And write yourself down, you know, what that looks like you know, for you and really try to prioritize. That's like the key with this pro productivity planner is really just prioritizing the tasks that you're trying to get done in a given day, in a given week. You know, when we look at and we take that audit, we can reflect on, you know, did I follow through with those things that I wanted to do? Did I also allow enough flexibility, you know, to pivot if need be, but still get those tasks done by the, by the time the day ended? And so, you know, just being able to put your thoughts onto paper can just be so very helpful, even if it sounds silly. And even if it sounds like a very simple task, it is one of those simple changes that is going to go a really long way for you guys. If you're able to just take that pause in the beginning of the day, that's really when we like to do it. Um, you know, utilizing our productivity planner at the start of the day, getting an idea of what are the, the top tasks we need to get done? What are going to be the focuses of that given day? And just that day only. Um, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in like that bigger picture of the week and the month. But when we can really get present with the specific inputs that we know if we focus on those today, what are those going to accumulate in the bigger picture of the week? And I use the Daily Greatness Journal. I started with the Productivity Planner and something that I think is cool with that planner, the Daily Greatness Planner, is that you can look at your week and it has you journal like what went well this past week, what do I need to change, what habits can I create to help me do better in whatever area you're trying to improve on. And they also have a weekly planner. So when I was in the heat of like busy, busy season. I feel like now I can kind of operate in like not autopilot, but I know what my schedule looks like week by week. I know what my daily to-dos are. But in the past when I was either working multiple jobs or I had like a chaotic schedule, I had to know like what I was doing on Thursday, what I was doing on Friday. So I would write down in the weekly planner, here's what I have to do. What projects do I have to get done? And then I would divide it up into each day so that I was able to look at that weekly planner to guide my daily to-dos like Zach was talking about. And then that helped me feel in control of my schedule. And speaking of schedule, we live and breathe by our calendars, whether it's the calendar app on your phone or Google calendar. If it's not in there, I'm not doing it. To be honest, if it's not, I even put like a happy hour or whatever. I'm going out with a friend or even like making our chicken for bulk prep for the week. I have everything in my planner on my phone and that helps me look in the morning each day. What do I have to get done? I write it down in my planner. So I use my Google calendar to write my daily planner. And then that helps me see like, where do I put these pockets of time where I'm able to like run errands or even go work out. Like if you struggle to make time to work out, look at your schedule at the beginning of each week and put in your workouts as an appointment. If that's an appointment that you wouldn't cancel on someone else, treat it as the same for you. Like don't cancel an appointment that you have on yourself. 
because you know how good it feels to tell yourself you're going to do something and then follow through on it. You'll get to the end of the week and feel so accomplished by strategically putting these events, even the smallest of events, personal events, work events on your Google calendar and paying attention to it the morning of or even the night before. If you're an anxious thinker and you're like, tomorrow I have so much to get done. What I recommend doing to like decrease your stress levels is looking at your calendar the night before and looking at where you can go to the gym. You know, if you have to commute somewhere, if you have a meeting, just like it helps you feel a little bit more proactive and in control the next day versus waking up in fight or flight mode and being reactive constantly. If you do these time management tips we talk about, you're constantly going to be operating in a proactive state of mind versus reactive. And this is where structure really gives us freedom because we can look at that calendar. We can look at the Google calendar, the appointments, when we're working out and find time throughout the day when we do have time. Because a lot of times it's funny, I'm saying times like a million times on this podcast, but um, this is really where we could take that pause and say, where do we have you know, time to slip something in? Because if it did all run together, we didn't have that structure of the calendar. It'd be really hard to even feel like we had any time to begin with. So this is really a great example of where having that structure in place, having, you know, kind of those guardrails in place will actually give you freedom to plan more or to make time for other things that you don't otherwise would have, or for things that you wouldn't otherwise have time for. And speaking of that freedom, we obviously traveled last week. We travel pretty often, like going out for whether it's a personal trip to like Denver or something like that, or we go for a wedding or something along those lines. We make the time in our schedule. And essentially what we do is we take a 40 hour work week and we push it into four days and we do the same with our workouts. And the way we're able to do that is because we're so structured Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on those weeks that we're able to take off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when typically Sunday is even a work day for us. We're podcasting, we're doing client programs, but on those weeks where we travel, we're so structured, like we're programming any free time that we have. We're getting ahead of things when it comes to our phone calls. Like we put everything into four days, check-ins included, so that we're able to have that time off to be present versus taking work with us, which you can definitely do as an entrepreneur, which is pretty cool. But that freedom is built from the structure we have on those four days of the week. And that's how we kind of pivot. That's how we're able to be flexible and still get the job done even if it doesn't look like the typical routine or the typical way of doing things. And so our next one is really the top three method. This is going kind of back to that first point that I made about the productivity planner and just planning out the day in general. And so this is really just defining those top three necessities that have to get done, you know, whether that be work related or, you know, it could be personal and work related. Um, I personally like to do this for like my business and, and work specifically where, you know, I'll have my top three things that I do want to get done without a doubt, um, you know, by the end of that day. And this is where we talk about kind of that glass ball, rubber ball analogy that I, that I touched on earlier. This really just means like, what are the tasks that, you know, if that ball drops, it's going to shatter, you know, it, it, bad things are going to happen if I let these things pass without doing them today. And then what are the rubber balls? What are the tasks, the obligations? What are the things that can bounce to a different day? What are the days that I can, or what are the tasks that I can push, you know, to a different day, a different week, maybe even a different month? Because a lot of times we see things as very immediate when in reality they aren't. And, you know, Christina really opened my eyes to this whole entire concept with that analogy. I remember when she told this to me, like within this last year, obviously, you know, as we take on more with our, you know, jobs and as entrepreneurs, it's just hard. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of stuff happening all at once. And you have to get really 
really clear with your time management and really defined with your time management. And when she explained this to me, it was during like a really hectic season of my life where shit was running together. You know, a lot of those glass balls, rubber balls, I couldn't differentiate them. It was just a lot of shit that had to get done. And when she gave me this analogy, it really did help me kind of mentally conceptualize. All right. These are the things that I must get done right now in this moment, in this day. These are things that can, you know, be pushed off to a different day. And I think that that really plays into this idea of flexibility, this idea of being able to pivot. You know, Christina just gave an example of how we'll condense, you know, uh, you know, say five or six day work week, you know, into four days. And, you know, this allows us to be able to be flexible by having, you know, that glass ball, rubber ball mentality of, you know, what are the things we definitely have to get done before we go on that trip versus what are some of the things that can wait until we're back? And I think that that is really, you know, having that glass ball, rubber ball mentality is really how you'll be able to look at your tasks or your to do's in a given day and know what are the exact things that, you know, without a doubt I have to accomplish. What are the things that I can inevitably, you know, push off to a different day? To give you guys some examples, obviously this will look very different for your field of work, but for us, like those glass balls would be like client calls. Like we can't just not show up to a client call. We can't not show up for check-ins or for like, for me, like my one-on-one group chats and just like WhatsApp in general, I have group chats. I have one-on-one chats in there. So every morning I clear those every day I do calls every day I do check-ins. And if I don't do those things, like the glass will shatter, (laughs) like the business won't move forward and I can't be there to support my clients, which is what my job is. So those rubber balls would be things like doing content, like making an Instagram post, creating a resource for clients. And those rubber balls are something that can, if it drops, like if I don't get it done today, it can bounce to tomorrow. And pretty often that will happen. Like if I write down to do's for Monday, I kind of overwrite things out so I can carry those rubber balls from Monday to Tuesday to Tuesday and Wednesday. And those rubber balls can continue to bounce until it makes sense. That way you give yourself a little bit of grace and you can show up a lot harder and a lot more present with those glass balls and those really important moments of your day. And the next one for time management is time blocking. And this is something I listened to a podcast probably like five years ago when I first started my business. And I'll just give the example I heard on the podcast. It was a skinny confidential. And this relates to them as like a media company and they're creating social media and things like that. But I'll kind of relate it to like our businesses and you guys can take with it what you will. But basically time blocking means you're being intentional with not only your day, but your week. So if we have like, for example, how we do things, we'll do check-ins each day, we'll do calls each day and like client support each day. Some coaches would do like all their check-ins on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and only do calls Tuesday, Thursday, or a lot of like media companies, like they were talking about Lauren Bostick. They'll do their podcasts on like specific days of the week and nothing else. They'll do their um, social media and like content on certain days of the week and nothing else and calls. So every day has a different task and nothing else besides that gets done. But you can also time block your days. Like I said, with using the Daily Greatness Journal, there is a calendar or like a time schedule from like 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I'll go in there every day and write like when I'm starting check-ins, when my calls are, when my workout is, and I'll block it off like a box like you would on your Google calendar, for example. But give yourself some buffer time. If you have to commute for a meeting, like give yourself that buffer time. Otherwise, your time blocking isn't going to make sense. And it's going to be frustrating because you're going to be like, oh, I thought I had time to do X, Y, and Z, but I didn't. And that's where this time blocking comes in handy because if you're just focusing on one task for a specific amount of time, it helps you feel accomplished and it also prevents you from multitasking so much that you end up getting nothing done. And for me, like Enneagram 3, I also have a hard time focusing just naturally. It's really hard for me to try and do everything all at once. But if I know from like 9 to 12, I'm doing check-ins. From 12 to 5, I'm doing calls. Like that makes me feel so accomplished and like I can be present and intentional with each task that I'm doing. Yeah. And I know that I swear by this too, even in my own routine where, you know, especially with these work from home days, you know, Christina's at home each day of the week 
um, you know, doing a lot of her client work and calls and, and what she's describing there. And I know for me, you know, I still spend some time in the gym and then some time at home and I have to be just very intentional about those work from home days. You know, in the past, I kind of viewed it with a little bit more flexibility than I would have liked. And now I really do have to be structured, you know, using that whole entire morning, you know, to do my check-ins, you know, kind of using my break in the afternoon, kind of around that, like anywhere between that 11 to noon window as my, you know, opportunity to break free, go work out, come back, you know, finish check-ins if I need to in the afternoon. But typically that whole afternoon is meant for calls, admin work, you know, posting, um, you know, doing anything that needs to get done administratively on the back end. Um, so really having that time blocking, you know, throughout the week and throughout each individual day can make a big difference, especially if you maybe are someone that works in office and works from home, you know, having that, that structure especially on those work from home days where we can be, you know, we can be a little bit more flexible unintentionally. It's just easy kind of being in our home environment. I know Christina's gotten really good at kind of separating, you know, work from home, even working at home all the time. Um, so that time blocking, I think can really help with that as well. But utilizing Sundays, this is our next tip. I think that this is an absolute, totally underrated technique that you know, a lot of you guys could start implementing and see just a massive change you know, in the structure of your week and your day-to-day. I feel like a lot of people treat Sunday just like a complete wash and then Monday hits and it's like, oh my God. Like, I don't have groceries. I don't have groceries. The house is a mess. <laughs> house is a shit show. No laundry, no clothes for the week. Like I used to start my week in fight or flight mode like that. I know, you know, Chris has too, where, you know, we've kind of just used that weekend as just a complete blow off instead of just once again, kind of having those guardrails. I like to think of those guardrails as, you know, not like we're being super restrictive with our time and our schedule, but, you know, just having those things in place to create that balance. I really do see those guardrails as that opportunity to stay kind of just balanced with our approach and what we're doing. And so I know that Sunday, Having this as our, you know, laundry day, cleaning day, I mean, grocery day, planning, prepping, especially bulk prepping protein for the week. Like if we didn't do these things, I I don't even understand how we would operate or how we would have any resemblance of um, fluidity throughout our days and our weeks, um, you know, as they start to unfold, starting with Monday. And so we really do use these to be proactive versus reactive. I think a lot of times we can just get into that mode of being reactive where, you know, we procrastinate, we don't do these little tasks that, you know, seem little and insignificant, but when the week hits and we can't do them, you know, they've, they've become very obvious. It becomes very evident, like, damn, I missed here. I missed there because I see it time and time again with clients. Like if we're not using that Sunday, especially to get ahead of the nutrition and grocery shop and only buy our food and that's going to facilitate the meals up for the upcoming week, not, you know, buying groceries for the next two weeks, three weeks. I think a lot of times like with grocery shopping, this is, you know, unfortunately just something that's never taught. Like I think most people operate in the way of like, let me just go to the grocery store and buy whatever I feel like in the moment. And then it's like, am I buying for the week or am I buying for the next you know, two weeks or three weeks. I know that's how I used to operate, but now that we've gotten to this, into this rhythm, it's like, you know, we know exactly the quantity of groceries we buy at the grocery store to facilitate the meals we're going to eat for that week. And that week only, by the time we literally get to the weekend, we've eaten everything, fresh produce, 
all the stuff. Um, and this is really what will help avoid being wasteful, being wasteful with food, being wasteful with, you know, in return your money because you're wasting that food. Um, I used to, when we first started dating, I'd go to the store and just buy everything I liked and it made no sense in terms of meals. And one day Zach was like, you throw out so much of your groceries. Like, have you ever thought about just buying what you need instead of what you want? And it was like, huh, no one's ever asked me that before. And ever since it's just helped me to buy strategically, you save money and you save so much food waste too. Yeah, because you know how busy you guys are. You know when Monday hits, it is literally like, I mean, a lot of times, unfortunately, it does feel like fight or flight mode. You know, we talk a lot about implementing strategies to avoid that. But nonetheless, like, we're all super busy. You know, everyone has their shit. Everyone is super busy. And we know that if we don't get ahead of that week, I mean, Monday is going to hit and it is going to be fight or flight mode. Like, if you didn't get the stuff prepared and prepped for the week, you didn't get ahead of, um, you know, some of those little tasks that you wanted to get done prior to the week hitting, there's a really good chance they're not going to get done. You know, that week is going to start. It's going to be like a fast moving train moving a hundred, hundred, hundreds of miles per hour, not just hundred miles an hour, hundreds of miles per hour. And it's going to be really hard for you to jump on and hang on. And so use Sunday to be proactive versus reactive. And something to think about too is, um, I'll see some client check-ins where they'll say like, I struggle with nutrition this week because of X, Y, and Z, or I struggle with workouts this week because X, Y, and Z. And I always encourage them, like take those struggles and make them a reason to be proactive. Like if you missed your nutrition goals because you didn't have groceries or you missed your protein because the chicken was still frozen, make that part of your Sunday reset where then you buy groceries every Sunday and you bulk prep your food as much as possible so that you you always have it ready. And it, it doesn't take a lot of time. I know we listed out like all these Sunday things and I posted a Sunday reset recently on my Instagram and it looks like I spent my entire day Sunday doing that. But in reality, like going to the grocery store takes us like 30 minutes and bulk prepping takes me like 30 minutes too. And then just doing something as simple as just like tidying up the apartment doesn't take a lot of time at all. So all of that together helps me start the week, especially working from home and someone who obviously has a lot of protein to eat and just needs to be very strategic with time. It helps me feel in control of my week versus feeling like my week is constantly controlling me. And speaking of time, another thing that really helps is this may be a silly one, but it's called the Pomodoro timer. And you can get an app for this on your phone, or you can also just go to the website. I think it's just pomodoro.com. And it basically creates a timer so that you're strategically focusing on one thing. Let's say you have a project to get done. I know it seems very daunting. We talked about this with self-sabotage too. When you have a huge goal of like a 500 page paper, the analysis paralysis is so real. This used to happen to me in college. I go to the library and spend all day just like trying to start whatever I had to work on, whether it was studying or whether it was a paper I had to write. And even now, like if you struggle to get into the flow of like your work and you feel super distracted, this timer just encourages you to work on one thing. Like for example, writing 10 pages or like just writing until you stop at that 25 minute mark. And then it has you take a five minute break. This is something I learned in college too about myself is that if I try and do something for like four hours at a time, like try and study for four hours straight, I get like my studying capacity dwindles throughout the entire time. And it just kind of becomes diluted. And instead I would be like, okay, I'm going to study for an hour, go to the bathroom, go fill up my water, come back. And just like the movement, the break mentally and physically helps you reset. And then when you go back to study for another hour, you're completely like, it's like a clean slate of studying. And then you retain your knowledge a lot better. So you can do this with, like I said, projects, papers, if you have to just like do it for us, like doing client check-ins. Um, sometimes I'll do this. If I'm having trouble concentrating, I'll just do a tw 25 minute timer, do a five minute break, 25 minute timer, five minute break. And that helps just like break up these small chunks and it feels much more encouraging. 
and you're focusing on that one thing versus multitasking on a bunch of different things and being pulled in all these different directions. So you guys know what it feels like to like plug your headphones in, work on one thing for like 30 minutes. It's super motivating. And then just taking a small break, getting water, walking around the office, coming back so that when you're trying to focus on things, people aren't coming up to your desk. Like you had that 10 minute break to be like, oh, hey, what's up? Fill up my water. Then you come back versus spending your whole day being torn in both directions of concentrating and being distracted. Yeah, because getting into that flow state where we can just like put our head down, lock in, you know, for hours, for example, it's rare. It's not something that we're going to be able to tap into every single day. And so, you know, this specific method and technique will really help you guys break up those tasks and help you be productive over a longer period of time with those micro pauses, kind of like those little micro breaks throughout. And so our next tip is setting app limits or do not disturb on your phone. And man, oh man, is this something that is like so prevalent for all of us? You know, we waste so much time on this damn device. Like when we really take a second to think about like the amount of times we spend on social media and just any of the apps on our phone, just kind of fucking around, you know, not getting anything done or not actually being productive. I'm, you know, speaking to myself here because, you know, Chris and I experience this firsthand every single day. You know, a lot of times, we are on our phone for work, doing tasks for work, nonetheless, on social media, on some of these platforms that can be very distracting. And so we have to be very smart about this and setting those parameters. I know that like when we're in the heat of check-ins, something that I've changed recently is like, you know, I'll have certain wins happening within these check-ins with my clients. And like, I just can't wait to share, um, you know, their, their successes on, on social media and, you know, t- show those little screenshots of our conversation or their feedback from their check-ins and whatnot. And I always want to do it like while I'm doing check-ins. But something that I noticed was when I would take the time to do that throughout the check-ins, it would break my flow up. Um, it would be become very distracting, I would more likely, more than likely, you know, spend extra time on those apps, you know, kind of around posting those stories. And so something I do now is like, I really, really intentionally put my phone down, literally upside down on my desk. And then I lock into those check-ins. And if I want to post anything, I'm doing it when I'm on the treadmill, warming up at the gym, doing some steps, doing some walking, some jogging. That's my time to utilize those, the posting on my story or posting on Instagram, for example. So something as simple as that, just like setting a boundary around when I'm on those apps or on my phone can be so very helpful. And I, and I know for a fact that we all, you know, me included, we all waste so much time on those apps and that's time we can't get back. And this goes back to auditing, you know, really taking a step back and looking at how much time am I spending on these different apps? How many times, how much time am I literally wasting that I wish I had time for some of these other tasks or some of these other things I'm not able to get done when you know we're mindlessly wasting time on some of those platforms. So just be mindful of that, set those limits, set you know those do not disturb windows throughout your day so you can get refocused, you can lock in and get the job done. And my phone automatically goes on do not disturb. Like when I start my work day, it has like a do not disturb like app limit when I go to bed. Then in the morning, it just goes onto that focus mode. And I've never turned it off because it really does help in the past, especially if you are working from home still, it can be hard to understand like, oh, I can't take this phone call if it's personal. And that may sound super strict. But for me, when I take a personal phone call, for example, from like a family or a friend during work hours, I'm in like a rush to get off the phone. because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. And I feel like it's wasting that phone call. And then I feel guilty when I get off. I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have like been more present. But I'm like, if I wait until after my work hours and I say, hey, can I call you after I'm done with work for the day? Then I can spend more time on the call. I'm much more relaxed. I'm much more present. And I'm not like jittery, like to-do list running in my brain. And that's something I had to realize the hard way. Cause for a long time in my business, I would do personal things during the workday. 
now setting like specific work hours and like do not disturb hours really helps me pretend like I'm in an office, I'm at work, my boss is overseeing what I'm doing. And it really helps just like shift your mindset and also make you more productive. And another thing that helps making you more productive is setting deadlines for yourself. There's a certain rule and I should have looked up the name before this, but basically it means that like subconsciously, if you give yourself a length of time to get something done, that's exactly how long it's going to take you. That is so real too. Like we experienced that when we were like condensed on time for check-ins the one day and we were like, we have this amount of time to get this done. We have to lock in, be focused, be concise. And it's crazy because some days it's like we can take the same amount of work that maybe took us an hour or less and extend it across multiple hours. And so like that has just been so prevalent, I feel like in our own lives, you know, currently. Yeah. And it's something that that's what made me realize this. And I was going to use that as an example too, that when we have travel or we have like a deadline for like a specific time period in that day, we can get something done. Like if we have a day of like four calls and we have to do check-ins, we're like, we have to get all the check-ins done in this specific amount of time to do these calls. And if we have something after work, like that's our deadline and you will get it done. But if like, for example, on days where I don't have any calls, I'm like, I have all day to get this done. I can go to the gym at noon. I can do X amount of check-ins before, X amount of check-ins after. And it's 5 p.m. And I'm like, whoa, I just got done with work and I had, you know, half the work to do, but it took me the whole day because I told myself I have the whole day. So you really have to set up these certain deadlines for yourself that honestly, like make it less than what you actually have time for. Because you know what it's like if you waited till last minute to do a paper in school, you could get it done in one night versus spacing it out across the span of like, two weeks, you know, it will take you two weeks or it'll take you two hours, whatever your mindset is set on. That's how long it's going to take you. So give yourself specific deadlines and actually stick to them because it feels good to keep those promises to yourself. And that's all time management is. And your fitness journey is all time management. So if you don't have time to go to the gym, you don't have time to bulk prep, or you don't have time to get eight hours of sleep, you're just not prioritizing your day in order to set yourself up for success. So being proactive and implementing these tips, it's going to really set you up for success. You're not always being reactive and saying like, oh, this is what, not that it's an excuse because those are real you know, things that pop up in your week to hold you back from your goals, but they are things within our control. And once you accept that, it really helps you to shift the narrative. Yeah, exactly. Like things are going to inevitably come up, but you know, if it's important to us, like we will find time for it. And, you know, this is why it's so important to find, you know, those strong reasons why, you know, you're attacking your fitness journey, reasons why, you know, you want to achieve certain goals, even professionally, or if it is related to fitness, because we will stick to the things that are important to us. And we will very easily make excuses for the things that aren't important. And so, you know, we hope you guys can use a lot of these techniques and and tips and methods and just implement them into your own lives. because. You know, if we don't make time, we won't have the time. So just always keep that in the back of your mind as you are trying to, you know, maybe change aspects of your habits or your routines or your day to day. Um, Just always have that in the back of your mind that if we do not make time for it, we will not have the time for it. Exactly. And send you guys off. I'm going to review just these tips really quickly. Rapid fire. Time management tips from Zach and I using a productivity planner, using your Google or iPhone calendar using the top three method to identify the glass balls and rubber balls, time block your days and or your weeks, do a Sunday reset, use the Pomodoro method, have app limits and do not disturb boundaries on your phone and set deadlines for yourself. And you are going to win the week and win the month. And in turn, you'll look back, like I said, with that quote, the person you are now is a consequence of who you were in the past and the person you become in the future is a consequence of how you spend your time in the present. Use your time wisely. And thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us through over 100 episodes for Life for Wired. 
Please leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. Please share the episode on your story. Tag me, tag Zach, tag Life or Wired. And check out the show notes for all coaching links and information on Nash. Peace out, guys.